Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. Check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Find the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, comment, share, and uh, do all that fun stuff. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. Joining me today is Ryan McCumber, and I'm sure he is aware why he is with me, because there's something happening starting off this month that, uh, frankly, has never happened in the history of Michigan State football that we're aware of and so we're gonna break all of that down but first you know there were there was some breaking news today michigan state announced the well as a lot of people view it the underwhelming hiring hiring of thomas kelly uh former michigan state two guard one of my favorite players to watch uh you know when i was a kid in middle school high school and you know i just Thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. I thought he was a great player. Um, I thought he would be great as a coach. I was looking forward to uh, him in a more predominant role at Michigan State. That said, this hiring, considering what this Michigan State basketball program is going through, and you know I'm the last person to throw his own under the bus, uh, it, it, it wasn't sexy to me. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm kind of may on it. I there's 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 a couple other guys I had in mind. Uh, I I I I liked Lavelle Jordan. Like I know he flamed out at Butler, but I felt like he had good state of Michigan ties. He coached at U of M. I know him and Tom Izzo have a pretty good relationship. So I was that was kind of the guy I was looking at. And then when that kind of didn't seem like it was going to come to fruition. I really wanted Maurice Joseph, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. and I was really disappointed when I saw that he took up the Butler job. I, I don't know how hard they pushed to get him to come to MSU, but for a while, the rumors seemed like he was the leading candidate, and then he wound up a Butler like a week ago. So, I don't know. Maybe it works out. Maybe not. I, I, I agree with you. Not a super sexy hire, but at least it's somebody who's. I mean, for better or for worse, familiar with the program. I mean, I wouldn't have minded somebody that hasn't been around the program for a while, like Mojo or like Laval Jordan. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's got Michigan ties, the state of Michigan ties. Obviously, he's a former player. So, I- I'm willing to let yeah, him play out no, this year, see how it goes. Yeah, and my my thing is, is uh, for, first off, you've got to see growth and development from the bigs or whatever without Dwayne Stevens there. And so how Izzo's going to, you know, realign the coaching duties or whatever it is, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how that's going to go because I would think you'd want TK on your cards. But uh, I'm uh, – yeah, I here's the thing is I like the hire, but I don't like it just because Izzo said that he needs someone who's more in touch with this NIL stuff and with this, uh, with this whole uh, transfer portal thing and everything else that, for you know, for my opinion, just because there's no real uh, regulations to go with either of those right now, um, he said that uh, he wants someone familiar with. It. I think it's destroying uh, college athletics. Um, I think if there were some sort of regulations, that'd be cool, but. Uh, 
And then we can talk about, you know, how is this going to benefit the student athlete? Because obviously they're the most important people involved in this. Um, but I'm, and so I don't know what Kelly's going to bring to the table that differs from what Izzo has been doing, which frankly, look, it's been disappointing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, TK's kind of a younger guy compared to a lot of coaches. So I don't know. You know, I kind of dated myself with uh, when I said I watched him play. And so I appreciate that compliment. And I'm going to take (laughs) it. I, I mean, you, you kind of do want to go a little bit younger. I like DJ. I mean, I'm happy that he, for him that he got the Western job. Obviously, the big men haven't been that great the last couple of years. But outside of Tillman, yeah, I've I, I've said the last couple of years. That was not. Yeah. I was I wasn't including the last Tillman season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they weren't that great. I, and I I did think they're kind of needed. Maybe they needed a little bit of a change on the staff. I did not like the Doug Warren hire year at all i was not a fan of that i uh, thought they could have got somebody with a again outside the program kind of get a different guy in Izzo's ear uh yep. so i mean tk i don't know man I, I i like like you said i liked him when he was a player i was kind of younger when he i was probably in like elementary school when he was playing at msu but i i, I don't know I, it's not sexy like you said and who knows what he does with the NIL? Maybe he kind of gets in Izzo's ear about it. I don't know what his extent with it is. Obviously, he's coming from a smaller program in Western, so they probably didn't have a lot of NIL stuff going around over there because, honestly, this type of stuff is going to kill the non-Power 5 teams. But yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's mad to me. Maybe it'll work out. I'm willing to let it play out, but – I, there are some other names I liked more than him, but I'm not going to go on a big rampage about it because it's really, like, what's the point? Yeah, and that that's the thing. It's like, would I have liked somebody else like Jordan or uh, Mojo like you were talking about? Yeah, absolutely, because Mojo's been around the block too. And so I'm sure there's a few things he could bring to the table. But I'm uh, – in the I think the more disappointing part for me with the Mojo thing is – that he's part of Thad Mata staff now, and that just makes me sick to my. <laughs> yeah, um, it's crazy to me. <laughs> but I, so I would have liked those, but I I like this. It's just given the state of everything. Plus, who? I mean, the thing is, is people don't really fully understand the concept of nil. I'm not saying claiming like to be an expert in it who has sat there and read all the legal documentation going into making this official because let's be real there's not that much of it so it won't be hard to do because the individual states in this country have acted quicker than the ncaa in regard to trying to make this happen yeah and like this on the table for a while and then all of a sudden you know states california specifically you know start to fold into this quicker and then the ncaa is just like yeah screw it and now they're trying to the best analogy i heard was squeeze toothpaste back and so I I mean there's only so much colleges can do colleges have little say in this they can sit there and they can set up portals like Michigan State's done which you know kudos to Michigan State for doing everything that they legally can and being at the forefront of this really in the way that it's done it's they have done great no they've done amazing especially with the football program just 
trying to get to the forefront of this. I mean, you see, I, I read message boards all the time because I'm, I'm a junkie. And it's amazing to see the, for example, U of M fans are just absolutely livid about what they're doing with NIL and MSU fans are thrilled. Like it, it just it goes from school to school. I mean, Ohio State, I don't know if you saw what they're trying to do. Ryan Day was trying to raise like $13 million for NIL yeah. or some crazy number. Uh, it, I mean, it just depends on the school. I mean, MSU, I, I like it because it's, in all honesty, I, I don't know if MSU basketball is doing that great of a job with it. I think they can do more. But MSU football has been on the forefront of this, and obviously we're going to get into that in a little bit. But uh, they, like, Mel Tucker is just cutting like cutting edge with this type of stuff, and I think that he is great for MSU athletics in that regard. Well, look, here, here's the thing. is I think Michigan State social media stuff has been, you know, second to none. I think you look at Mel Tucker being a younger coach. Um, he, he, he's got that swagger going on. Um, you look at the fact that, you know, if any Michigan fan listens to the show, they're going to laugh at this. Michigan State is a top 20 program in the history of college football. You look at the fact that they have kind of dug themselves up from the John L. Smith years. Everyone thought that they, you know, they were just a flash in the pan with Saban, and then you know that was the story. And then D'Antonio just came in and was like, "No, nah, I'm going to amend this a little bit." And then Tucker, um, the jury's still out on. Like, I mean, look, he's had two seasons. One sucked. One was phenomenal. Like, we we can't really sit here and say he's going to be great. Though we can like what he's doing so far. Yes. And I'm and I am on that train, um, even though. I don't know if you've heard any of my podcasts when this first came out, when the hiring came out, when all this other stuff came out, the botched fickle hiring and all that other (laughs) crap. I was, I was, I wasn't thrilled with the hire. Um, I've come around to it. Let's just say that. Okay. I mean, I mean, at the time I was mad about fickle, but like, I'm just to give my take on it when I thought it happened. I was willing to see what happened. I didn't really have like a strong feelings one way or the other. Uh, I, knew he'd, I knew he'd recruit well, and he has. And I was just wondering who he'd get on staff, and it seems like he's done a good job of that because I think that he needs good coaches on his staff to be successful. I, I I don't know how great of an X's and O's guy he is, but he's a great co- he's a great program CEO, like one hundred percent. There's no question in my mind. He's he's like a da- I wouldn't. He's probably a better X's and O's guy than Dabo, but he's like the epitome of a head, uh, head coach CEO that you want running your program, in my opinion. And the thing, I, 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 We had some slight technical difficulties, but uh, I want to touch on something that Ryan said a little bit earlier. And ultimately what that was, was uh, I know we've kind of kicked the Michigan football talk and all that type of crap off this podcast, Um, but when we uh, rebranded, but 
Jim Harbaugh said something that I think made Michigan fans even more angry. And what that was was that going to Michigan is more transformative than it is transactional, and it's always going to be that way. That being said, Michigan State's doing both, and they're doing both really well. And I think that it was important to have Ryan on just because he studies this recruiting stuff a lot more than I do. And this, for my money, you know, outside of the actual in-season stuff, the six national titles, Rolls Bowls, uh, you know, Mark Antonio being the only coach in the nation that can beat Ohio State, all that type of stuff, this could be the biggest month in the history of Michigan State football. There is – I've never seen visitors like this. Like, there's four weeks of officials starting this weekend. They've already got uh, – let me get the names. Uh, they, they have Madden Sanker, the offensive lineman, Jaden Wayne, George, uh, DJ Hicks, another defensive lineman. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I posted it in, all over. So, it's on Twitter. If you follow me on there. Um, but I, Brandon Jordan – coming in just completely transformed defensive line recruiting because they're in on, I don't know how many top like 150, 200 prospects. I've never seen anything like this. Um, It's just the lists are nuts. And I've always followed recruiting like pretty closely. I, I, I followed it pretty closely under D'Antonio, but now I'm like into it big time. Like I check in message boards every day. It's just, it's completely different. And I think they're going to land a couple of these guys. I don't know how many. I don't know if they're going to get – I think they're going to get at least one of these five-star kids. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, there's plenty of time to go in this cycle, but this is really when it starts picking up. They've already got six commits. I think five of those are four-stars. Um, and uh, this is when it picks up. So, I mean, I think you're going to see a flurry commits here probably in the next couple months. Um and it's exciting. I'm excited about it. This is the type of talent that you need to bring in if you want to beat Ohio State on a consistent basis because we saw what happened last year. They didn't have the horses, and it got ugly. And that's what had happened for the last, what, three, four years? They just got yeah. ran by them. Well, well you, 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 said the, you said the key word, on a, consist, on a consistent basis. Right. You can sit there like Mark D'Antonio, and you can beat them in 13 and – guess he beat him 15, in 12 too 15, yeah 15. and 12 as well um because that was uh that was 11 that, that was 11 was the fickle yeah. mess okay yes but you, you can i mean yes that's consistent but you couldn't keep above you couldn't keep your head above water you know you, you did a good job you did better than a, pretty much any other school does and that's nice, but to do it consistently, to compete consistently, and then when you get to that big stage, I know Connor Cook's arm was all sorts of jacked up, uh, to perform well on that stage, you've got to get this type of talent. You, I mean, I've sat there and I've like, oh, stars don't matter, blah, blah, blah. That's true to a very large extent. You know, kids can improve, kids can get coached up. Le'Veon Bell can be a three-star. Greg Jones can be a two-star defensive end. Whatever you want to call it, they were both All-Americans by the time it was all said and done. But that doesn't happen to the 
you know, the Tyler Topolinskis of the world, you know what I mean? Right. And yeah, I, with all due respect to him, before, but he's not one of those types of guys who's like, okay, you know what? I, if something happens, if someone goes down, I can come in and I can step in. I think Michigan State's had a couple situations where something like that, and, and it's worked out well, Kyler Ellsworth, for example. Um, but you need somebody who can perform at an elite level, and Kyler Ellsworth was really good and I think incredibly underrated at, on his time at Michigan State, but he also came in as a freaking walk-on. Like, you, if you come in with that five-star stuff, as long – here's the thing, man. I want you to keep that mentality, though. Not the five-star mentality. Keep that walk-on mentality because that's how these kids are going to make it in this day of NIL and transfer portal. It's definitely different than it was like 10 years ago. But – and the thing is that this doesn't really worry me, but it, I've thought about it to an extent. These kids are from out of state. Like, they're not from the Midwest. The, all these kids <laughs> visiting. I, I don't know how they're going to understand, like, the program when they come in. I'm not, I, 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 I'd, I'd love to get all these kids. Don't get me wrong. But it's different when you have state, like, guys from the state of Michigan, state of Ohio. And, honestly, the talent pool there has dwindled in the last 10 years compared to what it used to be. Yeah. But it's nice to have a handful of guys, at least on your roster, that understand, like, the Michigan rivalry. They understand – you know, the big 10. So it's going to be a change for sure. It's going to be different, but I'm sure that Mel will have no problem teaching them what happens here, how it's different from other programs. It's going to work out, but that's just something that somewhat makes me think a little bit because I I loved having guys that understood like what it meant to play in the Michigan game. So but you well, do if, if you want to compete against like an Alabama at all, if you want to compete against them at all, you need to get these type of players. Like there, we saw what happened in 2015. Granted, mm-hmm. of course, Connor Cook was hurt, but and they competed for half. But that's what happens when you play a team that has that much better of talent than you do. And yeah, like, like you said, for every for every Le'Veon Bell, there's like two guys like a Justin Stevens who just aren't gonna pan out at all. So. You need to get you need to get some of these guys if you want to compete on a high at, at a super high level. Yeah, and look, I, I think one thing you mentioned is you know you talked about the rivalry. You know, Tucker says that they have a class for all newcomers, transfers, and freshmen, and everything else to help them understand what it's about. Because let's face it, it's the greatest rivalry in sports. And I don't just say that to say it because I'm a state fan. I want to be part of something special, blah, blah, blah. No, I hate Michigan. And, it's yeah, bitter. It, it's completely I couldn't bitter. care less. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. Does Alabama-Auburn really give a crap about basketball? Nope. Do they care about that? Does Ohio State care about the basketball rivalry? Not no, at it's, all. It's MSU-U. It transcends the sports. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Hockey is always a ton more chippy. You know, baseball is a ton more chippy between these two schools. Even though Michigan State's baseball team's in the freaking gutter. It's a ton <laughs> more chippy. You know, basketball is a lot more chippy. Max Christie ran his mouth last year and got in Musa Diabate's face. Max Christie was the quietest kid in the history of the program outside of Gary Harris. Like, this rivalry 
transcends the sports. This is the biggest rivalry in sports. Mel Tucker knows that. And I think that's what makes this great is, yes, Tucker came from Georgia. Yes, he came from the South. And, yes, he's recruiting down there. But his first stop was under Nick Saban. And we all know why, part of the reason why Saban left is Michigan State just didn't care that much. And didn't care that much about the football team, didn't care that much about the rivalry. And I think that sticks with Tucker, and that's helped him develop the same level of hatred that you can hear out of my mouth right now. He Tucker gets it. He You are absolutely right. He, he gets it. He has history here. He's from Ohio, so I'm pretty sure he naturally just doesn't like U of M. So like, kind of like Mark was. I mean yeah, – but played in the South is what I Right. He, yeah. I mean, he he clearly understands it. It's just it's just getting these newer guys on board because I mean, in all honesty, if you want to compete the way Mel wants to compete, you do need to get these guys from out of region because I mean, the talent level and I've talked to you about this before. I'm pretty sure, but it's not what it was, you know, ten years ago. Like they're not going to dip into Ohio and get a ton of like you know mid high three star guys that OSU doesn't want because the talent level just isn't there anymore compared to what it was. You know, I, mean, I don't at, mind those guys who occasionally get kicked out of – who occasionally get rejected from OSU, like oh, yeah, know, but the Devon Rangers of the world. <laughs> the, I love those guys, but the te- but the pool there, there's not as many. I mean, OSU is going to take like three, four guys from Ohio, and after those guys, man, I mean, there might be one, two guys MSU's got really like legitimately yeah. looking at now compared to when it was, you know, 10 years ago. They're taking like five, six guys at the very minimum every year from Ohio, and it's just not like that anymore. Yeah. And that I mean that that's one of the things you you've got to keep these pipelines intact. But look, I I just think that it's so ironic. We've talked about the rivalry, and so I'm going to kind of tie it in a little bit like this. Is I just think it's so ironic that you got a guy like Juwan Howard who's cool with the transfer portal and using it the way that he does. You've got Tom Izzo who seems he, he I don't know if he necessarily hates it because he was targeting uh, Parrish from Oakland pretty hard, but once he was gone, I think he was looking for, like, the right fit. But that said, he still needs to make better use of it. Um, so he, I don't know if he fully grasps how big this can be. And so I think that's the difference. Um, and then when you look – you know, at the opposite sport, it's Michigan who's having a hard time with it, and they're struggling with every bit of it. And Mel Tucker seems to be doing about as good of a job as anybody in the country at, you know, working the portal. Um, Michigan State doing a big thing, doing the big things with NIL. Um, it kind of helps that, you know, two of the uh, alumni from the university are among the richest people in the world. Ironically, competing against each other, yeah. <laughs> Dan Gilbert and Matt Ishbia. But uh, it it's incredible to have those resources. The way Mel Tucker has used it, I can't get over it. We've never talked about it on the show because I don't fully because nobody fully understands it, and this is all everybody talks about, even though they don't have that grasp. Schools cannot participate in the NIL stuff straight up they can form connections and bonds and stuff like that um you know you i mean i mean to, you can go to reality, what alma tomorrow and get a Darius no autograph right in, re- <laughs> in reality tyler this stuff has been going on 
under just under the table when it wasn't legal. I mean, if schools yeah. are definitely to an extent, they know they they. There's no way these schools aren't somehow deep down there, involved. There, there in is no regulation. The, yeah, right. there is no regulation in this whatsoever, and that's my biggest problem. With like I said, this is going to be what kills college sports to use it the way that Tucker has. Like, because they're not out here flaunting stuff. They're not out here flaunting, hey, I want a million dollars or I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, you don't hear that from any of the players. No, you don't. You don't hear the coaches talk about certain, like, talk about some of the deals that they're trying to get set up and stuff like that. You don't hear that type of crap from Mel Tucker that you hear from, I don't know, Jimbo Fisher. Right. And so... Ryan Day, Nick Saban, even to an extent, who instead just turned it into dirty recruiting. <laughs> but my my favorite don't... part about that Saban thing, though, is that they've been doing this for years. It's just been under the table. It's not like they they're like him acting like they're somehow innocent, which is hilarious to me. Sorry, kind of going on a tangent here, but no, that that, that was hilarious. Is... My my favorite thing about this is oh well Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back yeah well Reggie Bush didn't do any commercials for that uh, realtor in the, who uh, gave his mom a house <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> oh let's put the Fab Five banner up Chris Webber didn't do any commercials or anything for that money that he got for Ed Martin you know so there, there's a difference in how it can be used although schools are flaunting it like Chris Webber type situation you know what i mean they're flaunting the chris weber situations not the you know you, you don't see matt carrick out there tweeting about united wholesale like <laughs> that that's actually, the difference actually actually you oh i, I thought you were being serious okay never mind I'm no serious. like <laughs> you, you you see carrick tweeting about it yeah but that's not flaunting and saying hey man right. hook me up with yeah, we, we, we all know what's going on, but he's just not. He's not openly saying, hey, he gave me $500 a month to tweet this. Like, Yeah. Yeah, right. You, exactly. You don't see those situations. And so that that's why I'm happy with how Tucker's doing it. Do I think there's a gray line that's eventually going to be crossed if it's not been already? Probably. Do I think the NCAA is going to do anything about it? No. Here's the thing with Michigan State. They will. Yeah. And, I, I Tyler, you, Tyler, you the don't, NCAA you don't kill, is useless. You don't, They're not going to do anything. You don't kill the top ten programs, but they'll look for they'll look for a big name that like they're not going to sit there and waste their time with Memphis. But like they didn't do anything with LSU. But I think they do things with programs that are relevant, which. Mel Tucker is making Michigan State incredibly relevant, especially with how he's used the portal and how he's used this NIL stuff. He's ma- he's making Michigan State relevant, but not enough to where the financials are going to be impacted if something happens to Michigan State. That's, you know what I mean? It's okay. still about yeah. Michigan. It's still about Ohio State. still about Alabama in the SEC, in Oklahoma. Like, that that's what it's about. And as long as – I think the NCAA is just looking for a way to make a statement. Yeah, and I don't that, know that, That's my be, concern with it. I don't know if it's, it's going to be somebody like MSU, but, I, I mean, I, I guess I could kind of see that. I think they'll go lower down the total, to be honest. 
Well, here's uh, hoping Tucker's made a, made Michigan State relevant enough to win. <laughs> we can uh, yeah, skip that. Who knows? But that that's the thing is, I, I, the NCAA is going to want to make a statement against this. And that said, I don't know if Tucker's doing anything legal. I haven't seen anything. I've I've heard things before when Nick Saban was coaching and all that other type of stuff where, yeah, there's been some sketchy stuff going on. And of course. you can turn the cheek, can turn the other cheek. Right. You know, he never had to worry about that with Izzo or D'Antonio. And so it's been a stretch since I've actually had to think about it. And with just how the sport in general has evolved, this has become a little bit of an issue because Tucker is from the saving tree, and so it does kind of concern me a little bit. That being said, I haven't heard anything. I'm excited for the future of the program. I love the way Tucker's using this. I love this month. I cannot wait to see the fruits of the labor for Michigan State. I'm excited about this. I'm just talking a lot more on this show right now because I really don't want this to end. That's how stoked I am about it. Plus, I really don't want to mow my yard. And <laughs> <laughs> but but all, all that being said, this month is absolutely huge. 30 of the 40 players taking visits this month are four-star or higher for Michigan it's State. Insane. It's insane. It's insane. Look, what it, you, you follow this recruiting stuff. What's What's the norm for landing during a month? Not necessarily this magnitude, but that's so heavy into recruiting. What's what's give me a percentage of of guys that you land like, yeah. like in the long term or just this month period? Guys that you would land in, let's in say a Mark D'Antonio in a Mark D'Antonio junior. Okay, so the amount of guys that he's bringing in, D'Antonio would usually land. I don't know, three, four, four stars or up a year. You know, he'd get an in-state five-star guy. I think he got two. I think he got LT and he got Golston. Those mm-hmm. are the two five-star guys he got. Yeah. I, I would say three or four guys a class, he'd get four-star or higher. With a rare exception of 2016, which obviously turned out to be a disaster. Yeah, that was such a talented group. So. It really was. Uh, bunch of idiots. Yep. Yeah, so I think Mel, I think he's going to land a top fifteen class. How many? If he gets five stars, he can he can he could bust it into the top ten. I mean, this is going to be the best recruiting class I've seen MSU get probably ever. It's probably going to be higher rated than the twenty sixteen class was. So I, it's just the thing is, it's hilarious is that the last class they got might be the second least talented class. Uh, is going to be probably probably going to be the least talented class that Mel ever gets. And he was top twenty five, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, to do that after a two and five season, right? It's <laughs> just nuts, insane. The, he he knows what he's doing, man, and he he does it as well as anybody. Like I said, man, I I had a lot of reservations about him. I nitpicked every little thing that he did. I'm stoked about this. This is this. I mean, I after. The two and five season. I mean, I had some kind of some reservations. I thought it'd be okay because I didn't think the talent level was that good, regardless. But the way he's used the portal, and I, we're not going to take what ten plus portal guys every year. Once he starts getting his own guys in, he's not going to. There's not going to be as much attrition. 
So yeah. th- there's people that keep on saying, well, you can't, this isn't sustainable. He keeps on using the portal. He's not going to take 10 guys every time because once he gets the players he wants in his program, th- he'll take maybe five guys a year. It's not going to be like this all the time. So the people that don't seem to understand football that think that this is going to keep be a reoccurring thing, it's not. It's just like he's going to take portal guys until he gets his the guys he wants in. Like, because now you can do that, and it's a quick way to build a program. Yep, and uh, look, there's going to be those guys like I don't know, uh, Davian Williams who come in, you know, highly touted guys who look, there's not really room on the field for you, though. Trust me, I would have rather had him than uh, Kimbrough last year. <laughs> um, okay, I would have rather had you out there than Kimbrough last year. I was going to say, oh. he was barely playing for a Western Kentucky team. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Still. I, I, stand, I stand by my statement. <laughs> um, that, that's why I'm glad for uh, transfer portal guys like Amir Speed. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. I I think you're exactly right, though. You hit the nail on the head, and that that's something that I've been trying to keep an eye on. Like I said, you know, I don't follow the recruiting too much. The portal, I do obviously because you're losing talent. How do you replace it? All that type of stuff. I that's the one thing I'm keeping my eye on is how many more guys are going to end up bailing. I mean, you look at it, you are getting close to the end of. Antonio stuff. I think when Peyton Thorne leaves, that's going to be the last of it. So that that's something to keep an eye on two years down the road. You know what I and, mean? Like keep an another, eye on it for the next two years. But another thing is that the guys transferring out, you see them. Not many of them are going to Power Five schools. They're either going down Western down Kentucky. to FCS or they're going to a Group of Five school. Yes, exactly. The guys MSU is bringing in. Yeah, you'll get some guys that come from group of five schools, but they were really good at those group of five schools. And they're getting guys from like, you know, Florida and Alabama, uh, Georgia, like a mere speed. I mean, the guy, the guys that weren't exactly getting on the field, but they are absolutely going to get playing time in Michigan state because they, I mean, they're that, ta- they're talented enough. So that's, I mean, there, there were guys that were like, Oh my gosh, we're losing so many guys in the portal. It's not really a good thing in reality. Cause you're opening up more spots to take more transfers in from higher end programs. So, that yeah. I mean, seeing all this attrition, the first two, three years, really not a big deal. This is happening like year five or six. Yeah, yeah okay, that, that, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But it probably won't be. I would be surprised. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way, man. We'll have a – we'll probably have you back, I mean, at some point maybe this month, but uh, especially after this month, uh, talk about it and – you know, the reactions and the crystal balls and all that special stuff um, that comes along with the recruiting trail. And uh, we can talk to you then about that. But, look, we are 91 days away from Michigan State football. Yeah, it's, it's coming up. It's going to be the longest 91 days. Oh, life. I know. I know. For someone well, who lives in Indiana, I shouldn't hate summer as much as I do. Um, <laughs> but look, man, th- this is the type of thing that happens. You know, Tucker's got everybody excited, and uh, you know, months like these certainly help. Ryan, man, I appreciate it, brother. Hey, th- thanks for having me on, Tyler. Anytime. All right, Ryan McCumber. I'm Tyler Hayward. This is Trouble with the Snap.